Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter, that's how you get in touch with us. 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N. Facebook and Twitter, any social media platform. It is Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S. G-N, iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates, of course, that is where you can listen. And guys, I got to tell you, the Super Bowl is over, but that doesn't mean the end for sports bettors. And I want to take a minute here because this is a very specific time, and I I sort of do this every year. And every year, I see the same thing happen with my clients. I see the same thing happen talking to people in sports books. And, uh, you know, it really does get to a point where... It's frustrating to try to accept the fact that people after the Super Bowl kind of just drop off. They, they do. They, they just drop off from sports betting. They drop off, turn their brain off, and then, you know, usually re-engage right around March Madness or so. All of a sudden, that's when people start to get back into it. Guys, look, there is the old adage in sports betting. Either you're doing this for fun or you're doing it to make money, but you generally can't do both, Okay. There is a lot of fun in making money, sure, right? And then you have people that that just have the fun bets. I get it. There are so many clients throughout. I, I've been, look, I have run my own sports site now. We're going on 13 years, okay? I have been in the sports betting business uh, for more than two decades now. I have been in the sports radio business for closing in on three decades now, Okay. We have been doing this a very long time collectively. What you hear all the time, why people are not betting on the Super Bowl, uh, betting after the Super Bowl, is I don't like. I I only really like football. I don't really like the other sports. And you go, okay, I, I get it. Look, I don't agree with it, but I understand that. I understand the philosophy of not walking up to a back rack table because you don't understand it. Well, maybe you don't understand the NBA, NHL, college basketball, Major League Baseball. Okay, I understand that. I understand not walking up to a three-card poker table because, uh, you know what, you don't understand it. You don't really get the rules. You're not quite sure. All right, no problem. But understanding the rules of blackjack and understanding the rules of roulette, for example, but just not going there because, eh, you just don't like it, although it's profitable all the time, still gets me a little bit weirded out. Look, if it's profitable. And then you have sports. And and the guys that say, you know what, I I just don't uh, pay attention to anything but football. All right, fine. You guys log off after football. You shut it down. We'll talk to you in September. I I, I understand that. Now, in between that, by the way, there's things like the draft that you could bet on. You could bet futures plays, uh, which I'll talk about here in a moment. You can do all that still in a sports betting forum. But for the people that say, Well, yeah, I don't know enough about basketball to win. Well, wait a minute. You're listening to shows like this. Well, you know, I don't really know enough about baseball to win. Wait a minute. You're listening to shows like this, right? Shows like this are going to give you that insight. They're going to give you that. The big thing, and I can handle that. Look, if you don't like the sport, you don't understand the sport, I I can handle that. What bothers me and the big thing that bothers me year after year after year are the sports books collectively have gone out of their way for generations now to convince people you can't win. Look, ask any professional sports better out there. Ask anybody that goes to casinos and sports books regularly. Ask any 
regular, uh, look, not the guys that still work there, because they're probably not going to tell you the truth, but ask any regular guy that used to work behind the counter, any ticket writer, any risk assessment uh, person, anybody in the space, and they're going to go out there and they're going to tell you the hardest sport to make money on year after year is the NFL. Yet they have the largest limits. So think about this. We have pyramids in the middle of the Las Vegas deserts. We have a, a medieval times in the middle of the Las Vegas desert. We have a giant lion in the middle of the Las Vegas desert. Why? Because these people are not stupid, right? They're not dumb. They're not going to take a sport that you can beat and give you a bigger limit. No, 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 no. It's going to go the other way around. If they believe you can beat the sport, they're going to lower the limits, i.e. Major League Baseball has the lowest limits. Why? Because you can beat Major League Baseball. You can do that. The largest limits are in the NFL because people lose the most, and it's the hardest sport to win at. Now, if you listen to this show and you hear my free winners on, on uh, you know this podcast, the other podcast that I do, my regular show, everything we do with Sports Garden, you see that, I mean, I'm crushing it. You go, oh, come on, Tom. Right. Because I'm a professional. But the general public lose on the NFL all the time. They lose on college football at the second most rate. The games you can win on, you can win on the NBA. You can win on college basketball. You can win in the NHL, and you could certainly win in Major League Baseball. But the limits are all lowered. The limits continue to go low. The limits get less and less and less for all of these sports. Not because you can't win. It's because you can win. And that is something that is not an argumentative tone right there. You, you can't sit back and have a conversation with me and argue my point and discuss my point because it's factually correct. You look at the percentages of how much that the house brings in, the advantages that they have during football season, and then the limits that they put on players compared to the advantages, the money, and the amount of money they bring in during a baseball, NBA, college basketball, or an NHL season— and you look at the limits that they reduce for those things, and it'll tell you all that you need to know. This is not an opinionated, this is not a hot take looking for clicks here, guys. This is reality. So the people that are are, are just done betting once the, the Super Bowl comes in, look, I can handle it if you don't like the other sports. If you're not going to watch another sport and you don't like it and you're going, ah, man, I kind of just do this for fun. All right, look, I'm not on your case. No problem. If you're one of those guys, though, that's sitting back and saying, you know, look, I, I, I don't know enough about it, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to learn. Oh, okay, look, go through the learning process. You listen to shows like this. But if you're some of those guys out there that believes what the casino has been shoveling down your throat. Oh, NBA's too hard to, be, to, to win at. Oh, can't, can't bet college basketball. Yeah, oh, Major League Baseball. Oh, it's tough any given day. No, 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 no. That is the rhetoric that they've convinced you, the player, that exists. It's the rhetoric that they have convinced everybody out there that actually exists where it's just flat out 100% not true. I will tell you in my, in my history, okay, of sports betting on a professional level, and I started this professionally uh, about 15, 16 years ago, right? Started betting exclusively, not another job, you know, I'm not not selling insurance in one day and, and kind of do this on the side. No, no, no. All of my income comes from this, okay? Outside of the, 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 the time that I owned the bar for a couple of years, it was another business. Uh, all of my income comes from this, right? This is what, it, what my income comes from. Since I've been doing that, I can tell you this. Major League Baseball is the most profitable sport over the long haul. You got a lot of games to choose from. You have totals. You have first fives. You have a lot of ways to do it. College basketball the non-Power 5 conferences is easily the most profitable. You can make the most the, the most money from that. Baseball is longer, so you can make more money over the long haul. But for single-game action, if somebody told me at the beginning of, a, of a, 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 a brand new year, January 1st, and they said, okay, I'm going to give you $1 million, but you have to bet one game, okay? Any sport, any contest, anything that you want. I'm going to bet a college basketball game. I will tell you that right now. It's not going to be NFL or college football. Too many variances there, right? Too big a spreads there. Nope, nope, nope. I'm going to bet a college basketball game. I'm probably going to bet an Ivy League game or, or or maybe a Horizon League or a Sun Belt or a Mac, right? I'm going to bet one of these lower conference, a Big West game. I'm going to bet one of the lower conference games. The rest doesn't come into it. But if you ask me, okay, okay, no college basketball, what's next? I'll go with baseball. After that, I'll go with some hockey. After that, oh, I'll go with NBA, specifically NBA totals, right? Uh, down the list will be the NFL. 
down the list. But there is still time to bet some NFL. You can still make some money on some NFL because we have things like the draft coming up and we have futures plays. Now, I tell this story all the time and I told it again this week. I've been doing uh, Las Vegas radio for 12 years and 12 years now, I always say the minute after the Super Bowl, we're on we're on at night. Um, so in Las Vegas, I've been on at night for, for the 12 years on Sunday nights. In Las Vegas, the Super Bowl ends. Okay, and Las Vegas time, it ends there. Then they go into the postgame show. And right after the postgame show, we are the first people to be heard. And it's a tradition that I always go down either that night when I'm in Vegas or the next morning, which I did uh, this year, and I bet a team the day after the Super Bowl in the futures line. I like to do it. I like to speculate. Okay, who are they going to get in free agency? What can the draft look like? And then you could get good odds. Now, I've had some success with this. A couple of years ago, I bet the Carolina... Oh, a couple of years ago. When the Carolina Panthers went to the Super Bowl, I bet the Carolina Panthers gave that out free on the air, right? I gave it out over the summer as well. Uh, you were able to get 41 to 1 odds, 45 to 1 if you were really lucky before the year. Now, we've had non-successes. Last year, I gave out the Baltimore Ravens. I really believe that the Baltimore Ravens were going to sign Lamar Jackson. And and I, I thought that they would get, be aggressive in getting somebody new on the defense, which they did. I mean, they did everything that I thought except for the Lamar portion, which obviously was a massive portion. So it's a long shot. I'm not going to go out there and take the favorite at five or six to one. No, I'm going to take somebody that's a good long shot that I'm hoping seriously improves so I can get good value back. And then you could always hedge your bet. So with that being said, I want to talk about the Super Bowl odds that came out for 2024. And I'll tell you some of the teams that I'm looking at. I'll tell you the team that I did bet and what you guys should be looking at. Because yes, while the NFL has ended, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Congratulations to anybody that listened to this show. I gave you guys McKinnon under uh, for the carries, but we lost the yards by a yard. Okay. I gave you Nick Bolton under for tackles. That was a winner. I gave you Patrick Mahomes over one and a half touchdown passes with my biggest play. Got that nice, easy winner. I gave you a jersey number 11 and a half would be the first jersey to hit. Yeah, that was a winner. I mean, we were just winner, 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 winner. One loss and it negated itself with the McKinnon had less carries, but he had uh, more yards. So I cleaned up on the Super Bowl. I, I told you guys I leaned Kansas City, but I kind of like the under. Didn't do anything. Didn't matter, right? So I cleaned up on the Super Bowl, but immediately following the Super Bowl, and this is the life of somebody that's in sports betting, uh, I cleaned up. I had a great day. I was jumping around my living room. I you know, came home hugging my wife. Oh, my goodness. Hey, well, look at how much money we want, and we did really well. And then hours later, I was already looking at what games am I going to bet on Monday, and let's start looking at the futures plays. Right? I mean, that's just the, the idea. So let's take a look here. The Chiefs open up as the Super Bowl favorite, six to one. The Bengals are right behind them at plus eight to one. Bills nine to one. Eagles nine to one. Niners nine to one. By the way, the Niners have already moved down to eight to one in some spots. Cowboys fourteen to one. The Ravens that I mentioned eighteen to one. I guess they think they're signing Lamar. Chargers are 20 to 1. Lions, Packers, Jaguars, Jets, 25 to 1. Rams are 30 to 1. Dolphins, 30 to 1. Saints, 30 to 1. Getting into the 40 to 1s. Browns, Broncos, Raiders, Vikings, Giants, all 40 to 1. Panthers, Patriots, Steelers, Commanders, all 50 to 1. Bears, Seahawks, 66 to 1. The Titans are 70 to 1. The Falcons are 80 to 1 along with the Bucks. 150 to 1. Indianapolis Colts. Cardinals 250 to 1. And the Texans are 300 to 1. That was as of Monday morning. Okay, now I'm recording this in the middle of the week. Like I said, one of these lines basically changed. But basically, you could still get that where uh, it, it all is. I got that from BetMGM, but it, it's pretty much the same over at Caesars, FanDuel, PointsBet, uh, DraftKings. I, I want to mention all of them, right? Because I'm not giving an endorsement to any of them. Um, so, so they're all about the same. Right off the top, I could tell you right now, I'm just going through how I deal with this. Right off the top, there's no value in teams that are 10 to 1 or under. There's no value. Because really, what is what is? Do you want to have your money locked up literally for 365 days on something that really won't change? Think about it like this: If you get, let's say, you get a decent line at nine to one, right? There are five teams at nine to one or less: Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, Eagles, Niners, right? Nine to one. Let's say they do something great. What are they going to go to? Seven to one? Six to one? 
you, you know, it's not going to be that much of a difference. If you like them at 9-1, to one, you can still get them at 7-1. to one. No one's going out there and betting such an exorbitant amount on a futures play a year out that you really need that kind of value. The value comes in double digits or more. And generally speaking, I like to bet 20 to 1 or more odds so I have a good hedging opportunity. Here's a reminder. When you're betting futures plays, it's not necessarily who do I think will win the Super Bowl. It's who can get close and I could hedge my bet at a good number. So right off the bat, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, Eagles, Niners, I'm not taking it. Look, the Chiefs, it's hard to repeat. The Bengals look good, but that offensive line needs to get fixed. It's still the same problems. The Bills look like they could, took a step back to me this year. Eagles are going to lose a ton of players. I went over this on my show. They have 20 unrestricted free agents, including six defensive linemen and three offensive linemen. Most of them are not coming back. Remember, they signed guys like Sue and Linville, jo- Joseph in the middle of the season, uh, Robert Quinn. Most of them are not coming back. The Niners at 9-1 to one look good. I don't even know who the quarterback is right now. And you hope that Brock Purdy you know, is going to be the guy, but, but no. The Cowboys, I mean, it's 26 years and counting. Do you feel comfortable at 14-1? to 1? No. The Ravens, like I said, I'm not getting fooled twice. I love their roster. I love the makeup of their team. I like what they do. Lamar's not happy, and he might not sign. Can't go near that. Chargers are the Chargers. 20-1, to 1, they didn't change. I think their coach is terrible. I won't go near it. Now, the Lions, Packers, Jaguars, Jets are intriguing. The Jets are there in case Aaron Rodgers goes there. The Packers are there in case Aaron Rodgers stays. Right? I mean, that's what it is. Rams, Dolphins, Saints, Browns. People are on the Browns because maybe Watson. The Broncos are 40-1. to 1. People are going to jump on that from a little intrigue standpoint. Okay, new head coach. Maybe Russell Wilson bounced back. Raiders don't even have a, a, a quarterback. But again, they're 40-1. to 1. They may land Rodgers. You'll see that skyrocket up. Giants are just in the playoffs. They're 40-1. to 1. The problem is, is that... What can they do to really improve this roster? And then you're betting on Daniel Jones. But 40-1 to 1 is a little intriguing for the Giants, a team that just made the playoffs. Tough division, though. And, and again, the Daniel Jones factor. Panthers at 50-1 to 1 on pure spec. They, they don't have a quarterback on their roster right now. Okay? Uh, pure speculation that the Panthers are going to spend like crazy. Go get someone. And we've seen Derek Carr linked there. Aaron Rodgers potentially linked there. They could potentially be in competition for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Okay? So that's a lot of speculation. And same thing with, with uh, um, you know, a team that you go out there like the Commanders. A lot of speculation there. Even Eric Bieniemy might be going over there. So maybe uh, you, you get intrigued there. Patriots, Steelers, two teams that you know are going to be close to the Super Bowl, are going to be close to the playoffs, but are they close to the Super Bowl? I mean, the Patriots need some help. I kind of like the Steelers, but man, what a division. Cleveland and Pittsburgh and the Ravens and Cincinnati, any one of them could be representing the AFC. I mean, that really is a tough division. Any one of them might win six, seven games. The Bears are with the Seahawks at 66-1. to Look, I think the Bears are going to be improved. They're going to spend a lot of money and do well in the draft. Uh, the Seahawks only 60, I mean, 66 to one I, to me, they were, they, they should be 30 to one or more. If you believe in Geno Smith, because if they switch over in quarterback, yeah, they take a step back. Titans, Falcons, Bucks, Colts. It's funny that the Bucks and the Colts are so far down Cardinals and Texans. I, I see no value there. So to me, when I'm looking at this, there are really two teams that jump out and there were two teams that I kind of had to make the, a decision on. The Rams at 30-1 to 1 are intriguing. Sean McVay, might this, this be his final run? Yeah, it seems like maybe it's his final run. Cooper Cup is going to come back, and he looks to be healthy. Aaron Donald coming back and healthy. Matthew Stafford coming back and healthy. They finally found a run game last year. Maybe they found some, some decent players when their spiraling downhill season started. I look at the Rams as a team that could absolutely bounce back quickly. 30 to 1 is a really nice number. My problem with the Rams is that all the guys that I just mentioned have to stay healthy. They have to stay healthy. They can't lose anybody. They can't lose one of these guys. If they lose Cup or Stafford or Donald, they're done. So they all have to stay healthy. But I was really close about pulling the trigger on the Rams. As a matter of fact, I did. I put a little bit on them. I only ever do one, but I like the 30 to 1. The team that I went in on. The next day, and then, uh, I, well, I went on the Rams the next day. The team I went in on Monday morning, though, is the Jaguars. At 25 to 1 odds, here's my thought process. Do I think that they're going to go in to Buffalo and win, uh, you know, a, a AFC championship game or into Arrowhead and win an AFC championship game or into 
Joe Burrow's house and win an AFC Championship game? Probably not yet. But I like the fact that they have Calvin Ridley. I like the fact that the growth process of Peterson, ETN, looked good. Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to take a shot on him for the MVP. I mean, he could break out at any given moment. I like their defense. They have a lot of pieces that I like. And they also have a division where the Titans are clearly taking a step back. The Houston Texans will not be a threat this year. The Colts are the third worst team. I think that this is a guaranteed playoff now. Nothing in the world is a guarantee, right? I mean, we know that. But to me, they're a playoff team automatically. So if I can get them at 25 to 1 odds, I can start hedging right away. And if they're better than I thought, maybe they maybe they get out of the first round with a pretty easy one. I don't have to hedge until the second round. That's how I go about it. So I took the Jaguars for a decent amount, the same chunk that I take every year. The Jaguars are my team in a hedging spot at 25 to 1. I like them. But I put a little something on the Rams at 30-1. to 1. Not that I think that they're necessarily going to be able to win the division, but I think if those guys are hot, I like that in the playoffs. All right, guys, let's take a quick timeout. Come on back. We're going to switch it over here, talk a little NBA on the other side of the break. We're at the All-Star break, and I want to talk about the NBA, what's going on there, and we'll kind of reset ourselves. All that and more right after this right here on Wagering Week. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. With overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? Well, guys, LeBron James is on the clock for the All-Star Game, and we have odds on who he will draft number one overall. Luka goes at plus 320. Joel Embiid is 4-1. to one. Kyrie Irving is plus 425. That'd be interesting. Jason Tatum is plus 425. The Joker plus 450. John Morant, 8-1. to one. Donovan Mitchell, 14-1. to one. And that is what are the odds. Yeah, for those that don't realize, the playoff format is quite different this year. Um, so there's going to be a, a different situation. They've done it for, for a little bit now. Uh, it still takes a lot to, for people to get used to. I know a lot of the older generation not understanding a draft and things of that nature, but it looks like Luka is probably going to be the guy. I mean, he's the overall favorite, obviously. He is a guy that could kind of do it all on the court. Um, you pick him up, and all of a sudden LeBron James knows he's got somebody reliable. He's got the most complete offensive player that, that exists right now. And that seems like the way that he'll go. But he may go Embiid, 4-1, to one, right? Last year, he went second overall. Uh, Giannis was picked first. He went second overall. Most people are looking at Embiid and saying, okay, he might be uh, you know, that guy in the middle, and he could work well with a LeBron team. He gets a big man to go first. I get that. Kyrie and Jason Tatum at plus 425. Uh, look. Kyrie is an interesting choice, isn't he? Kyrie is a real... Look, the guy is just universally not liked, it seems like, right? He could be a headache. We get it, right? But this is... Look, at the end of the day, this is a one-game thing. You think Kyrie's going to cause a a problem in a one-game kind of exhibition? No, absolutely not. And I think with LeBron there, he certainly won't. Uh, LeBron wanted the Lakers to go after him. LeBron wanted... L.A. to go make a push for Kyrie. He tweeted out, I guess it's me, right? Uh, He really wanted the push for Kyrie. He likes Kyrie as a person. He loves him as a player. And we know that LeBron has a big chip on his shoulder. We know LeBron has the ego the size of the Grand Canyon. And this would be his way of sort of sticking it to the Lakers. I'll take Kyrie first, and I'll show you how good he can be. Right? I mean, I'll show you. And Kyrie will put on a show at the All-Star game for sure with no defense being played 
He'll get a million points. He'll be that elite scorer. And LeBron can say, see, I told you so. See, I told you so. And I will put nothing past LeBron James's ego going crazy in this spot. Jason Tatum looks great for the Celtics. We knew a couple of years ago I said, you know, this guy is the next superstar. I wasn't alone, clearly. Uh, and he's become all of that. I can see LeBron going with him as well. Uh, he seems like somebody that LeBron would gravitate, gravitate towards. I, I think that Irving is the most intriguing. Luka could certainly be there. Now, personally, if it was me, I'm picking the two-time MVP in the Joker, but here we go. I think LeBron wouldn't want that because he doesn't want people just gushing over the fact that late in his career where, um, you know, he's supposed to be still one of the best players in the league, he's paling in comparison to the Joker for two years in a row and now basically three years in a row. So I don't see Joker, even though it would be my pick. I think Irving would be so much fun. I, I really do. I can't put it past Irving. Uh, Luca just makes too much sense to go near. I look for 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 a couple of bucks, right? Maybe throw it in Kyrie just just so you can have all kinds of controversy, <laughs> right? Just so you can have all sorts of crazy, insane controversy. That would be uh, that'd be pretty interesting. But for those that don't under don't know about the All Star Game, I, I want to give you a, an overview here. I don't advocate betting on All Star Games nearly ever. Okay, but I know that people will. So this is a case where I have to give you the the little the fine print and say I probably won't be betting on this All Star game because I don't bet on All Star games. Uh, with that being said, I know a large portion of you guys will be betting on the All Star game, so I want to give you the details of it. So it's going to be um, uh, on the nineteenth, uh, depending on when you're listening to it. Like I said, I'm recording this in the middle of the week, so it's going to be Sunday afternoon. Uh, well, Sunday night really, six o'clock. Uh, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Mountain Time, where they'll be. It's going to be at Salt Lake City, Utah. So, I mean, that right there, you, you already know that there's going to be a little bit of a uh, breathing problem, potentially. Okay, you're going to watch it on TNT. All-Star Game starters, you're going to have Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, Mitchell, Irving, LeBron, Joker, uh, Markkanen, Morant, and Duncan. And, you know, Steph Curry, not playing in this game. Kevin Durant, Huh. Still, it's still very weird. Kevin Durant, Phoenix Suns, by the way, not playing in this game. Zion Williamson, not playing. So they're all out for injury. So you won't see Curry, Durant, or Williamson um, on the on the court. You won't see them here. So now here's the rest of the players that made it. Bam from Miami, Giannis from Milwaukee, Jalen Brown from Boston, DeMar DeRozan from Chicago, Luca, of course, from Dallas, Anthony Edwards from Minnesota, Embiid from Philly, Fox from Sacramento, Paul George from the Clippers, Alexander uh, from Oklahoma City, Halliburton from Indiana, Drew Holiday from Milwaukee, Kyrie now from Dallas, Jaron Jackson from Memphis, LeBron, of course, from the Lakers, uh, Jokic from Denver, Lillard from Portland, uh, Markkinen from Utah, hometown, Mitchell from Cleveland, Morant from Memphis, Julius Randle from the Knicks, Sabonis from Sacramento, Siakam from tar- Toronto, and then Jason Tatum. So James and, and Giannis are going to pick their games right before game time. It's going to be like a fantasy draft. This is their new style. This is what they wanted to do. They didn't want to just throw together an all-star team uh, based on East versus West, which it was for years and years and years. And it was East versus West. And we got to see the the dynamic duos. We got to see the powerful things. But now it's picking teams. And it's kind of a cooler understanding, especially because people are so into fantasy and daily fantasy and the marketability of it. I hate All-Star games as it is. I used to like Major League Baseball's All-Star game when I was a kid. I think they've ruined all All-Star games, Pro Bowls, garbage. It's all garbage, okay? So now it should be strictly for fun. So I'm not against it. I do think it gets a little complicated and it gets they're trying too hard, but I'm not against what it is. I would have loved to see, you know, Magic Johnson pick Larry Bird in the first round. I mean, that would have been cool. So you do get unique pairings teams kind of put together. It gives you a feel, and it gives people something to talk about. Oh, man, he took Kyrie because he wanted to shove it to the Lakers, but oh, he should have taken Luka. I mean, it'll give people something to, to, to discuss. And during an All-Star game where it's basically a fluff fest, yeah, I, I get it. You want to have some kind of conversation. That's the problem. Just like spring training, 
just like, uh, you know, uh, summer camp in the NFL and, and preseason games in the NFL and spring camp in college football. Just like all of that, the players don't necessarily want to win. They don't care to win. You don't know if they're out there for fun. You don't know if they're out there to prove a point. You, so why bet on it, right? I, I think betting on it is crazy. With that said, again, I know people will because it's something to watch. I also know that people will bet on it because they have, in their history, they've had some success with it. You see people all the time, I blindly go on the overs, right? I mean, you see people all the time claim that they have some success in these All-Star games. And okay, if you claim that you have some success in these All-Star games, I get it. I get it that you, know, you want to continue to do it. So here's the, the schedule of the events, right? So Friday night, we're going to have the all-star celebrity game, and then the NBA Risings game, which, which is kind of cool, right? You take the young stars, you kind of put them on display, and this is what the NBA does well or did well for a long time. They display their young stars, something that Major League Baseball has now really started to try to embrace. NFL is starting to try to embrace a little bit, and it's something that the glue, the blueprint has been there for the NBA to do this. So I kind of like the Rising Stars game. Then we have the Skills Challenge. So you have a Skills Challenge on Saturday, three-point contest right after that, and then the Dunk Contest after that. Look, the Dunk Contest used to be the premier thing in this sport, and it's not all that far going down to used to be. Yeah, I could talk about Dominique Wilkins against Michael Jordan and tell you nothing will ever be that. But there usually is, well, there was for a long time, a dunk that gets people talking, right? Blake Griffin over a key, right? There was a dunk that got people discussing. It's been a long time since then. They don't put premier players in the dunk contest. Premier players don't go in the dunk contest. It's second guys. It's six men. Not even six men. It's like eighth guys off the bench. So it has lost a lot of luster. And a lot of people can say, well, you know what? How many more new dunks can they come up with, right? But the dunk contest has lost a lot of luster. With that being said, it will be watched. It will be a watched event, and people may go out there and bet on it. I have zero advice on who to bet in a dunk contest featuring B-list players. No, absolutely not. But it could be a fun watch. And then we have the uh, G League Next Generation game at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. All-Star Draft, like I said, it's going to be take place about a half hour before time. So the draft takes place. is going to start at 7.30. Game is supposed to start at 8 o'clock. So these guys don't even know who they're going to be playing with. Which, again, brings me to the point of it's more of a pickup game. I'm sure, listen, I'm sure LeBron's number one guy, uh, they sort of know. But it's basically a pickup game, right? I mean, that, that, that's what this is. It's basically what we're looking at. The NBA All-Star game started in the early 50s, 1951, okay? And it was the regular situation. Two teams, 12 players on each team, East Conference, Western Conference, and that's how it went. For years, that was the effective model that continued to work out and work out relatively well for the NBA. But they thought that, you know what, it wasn't enough. So in 2018, what they've decided was they're going to go with captains. Two captains from each conference who then will choose their team based on the remaining 22 NBA All-Stars. So we know who the All-Stars are, and we know who the starters kind of have to be, right? And oh, LeBron and Giannis are going to pick their starters. So the captains are selected because they get the most votes in their conference. Uh, it's been LeBron and Giannis, you know, before, so here we go. And it's going to be LeBron because of his, his popularity seemingly year after year, right? So you then have the captains draft, captains select their team, and it's all televised. More ratings, more eyeballs on the NBA, more things for people to, to talk about. So what they had done a couple of times now, um, it's now weighted in three different categories. The media votes, the fans vote, and the players vote. Fan voting makes 50%. Media and votes and players make up 25% apiece. So the fan vote is still very important, but media and players make up 25% apiece. Again, as you can see, it gets a little complicated, and they're trying to kind of get this done. The biggest change that we've seen in the last couple of years is they have something called the Elam ending. This is a target score format. Yeah. 
Let that sink in for a minute. It's a target score format. It keeps the game competitive into the fourth quarter, even if a team kind of is blowing the other team out. That's how they do it, guys, right? So you start to look at it. It's also two backcourt players, three frontcourt players, instead of each one to have to play uh, point guard, shooting guard, strong forward, uh, you know, power forward. You know, they're done with that. Okay, they're done with that. This is positionless basketball, and it is the rave of the new generation. This is what they like. Okay, it is what it is. So that's what we have here, guys, right? Um, you start to look at, at the format and things like that. It just gets very complicated making bets on this game. And it's again, it's a game that it's an exhibition game. You don't know if these guys are here for fun. Are they going to try to do some fun? We see it all the time. Even I'm not even talking about the new format. In the old East versus West, it used to be fun. Guys flinging it half court, trying to set up alley-oops all the time. I mean, look, they are there for fun. We have a couple of single-game records because there will be prop plays out there. And I see every year people not even understanding records and going out there and assuming that guys are going to go out there and beat records just because they want to have prop plays. We, we see that all the time. And when we start to look at prop plays and start to look at what it's all about, understand these records. Most points scored in 2017, that's held by Anthony Davis with 52. Most rebounds ever. You got to go all the way back to 1962 with Bob Pettit with 27. Most assists, Magic Johnson with 22 in 1984. Most steals, Rick Barry had 8 in 1975. Most blocks, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with 6 in 1980. Most three-pointers made, who else? Steph Curry last year with 16 made the record. Okay, we're taking home a nice MVP. Most MVPs, Cody, Kobe Bryant and Bob Pettit, four apiece. Most triple-doubles, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Kevin Durant, all have one. One, that's it, right? Because you're going to see prop plays, triple-double, one. What is the record? Four guys did it. Most team points, 196 by the West in 2016. Most combined points came in 2017, 374. Yeah, there it goes. When we're talking about MVP, people love to jump on the MVP. How do you jump on the MVP? We don't even know what team these guys are going to be on. But people love the MVP. Russell Westbrook won it twice in 2015 and 16. Bob Pettit won it twice, 1958 and 1959. Only two players to win it back to back. Okay, so now let's go into, you know, the Elam ending, because this is the points total. This is where this is where it gets a little difficult. Right. I mean, basically, they set a number. Right. It it, what it does, it it also can basically end and over uh, in the first three quarters. If if it's been a, a high scoring game, I mean, it's over. So just blindly betting the overs in NBA All Star games, those days are done. They're done. I mean, that that's it. By the way, if you do like an MVP, I wouldn't roll with a center. Embiid and Joker are the two best centers in the NBA, but they just don't get the play that they normally do in NBA history. Shaquille O'Neal is the only center to win the award back in 1994. So Joker might win a real MVP, but NBA All-Star Game MVP, not really within his sight. Embiid might win the and he he's looked good in, in All-Star Games. Might win the real MVP. He'll be right there. But no, they like a little bit something else. They like a little bit of scoring. They, it, it, the game doesn't translate generally there, right? The, the game doesn't always turn out to be that kind of situation. So, okay, you know, you look at this and you go, overall, when I'm looking at what am I going to take in the NBA All-Star game, where am I going with all this, I don't suggest betting on the total because of the new situation, because of the way that they have the the new total. I don't want to go anywhere near this. Do you, I, I mean, do you? It's just hard with the way that they have really just destroyed the game to a point of trying to do the point total. You can't go near the total. So you're going to go near the spread. All right. I, I mean, usually it's a pretty close spread. Last year it was a six-point spread. That's rather large, actually. Usually it's a pretty close spread. But again, you're going to have a half hour to look at the rosters, see how they gel together, right? Because 7.30, they're going to pick their team. 8 o'clock, the game goes off. So you're going to have a half hour to look at the rosters, see how these teams gel together, try to put things together, and then look at some prop plays. Because I usually advocate for prop plays like I did for the Super Bowl. Well, prop plays are also very difficult in this spot. You have to really look at the rosters in real time, quick time. You're going to have a half hour. Look at the rosters. Break it down. Look at some matchups. Who can do this? Who can do that? Don't go into this saying, I automatically want to take this player. 
with this prop play or this play. It's going to be hard to do that. Don't you have to see who he's playing with? Don't you have to? I mean, if somehow or another, uh, you know, there's like three centers on one team, maybe you don't take the over and rebounds there because the rotation will be moving in and out. It's a very difficult game to make a bet on, and it always has been. But there are people that have told me this week, well, I always just blindly take the total. Or I I, I, I love LeBron, so I'm just going to take LeBron's team. You don't even know who he's on, who, whose team he's on. You have no idea. Okay? Last year, I, I looked at this and I said, well, if LeBron's going to retire, and maybe he's going to retire, this could be his swan song. Maybe they're going to give him the MVP. like Kind of like they did to Magic Johnson that year, right? But you don't have any of that this year. You just don't. I, I think it's a smart idea to stay away um, from the, the guys that – you know, just traditionally don't have, you know, good situations. Like I said, uh, traditionally, uh, Embiid and Jokic are not going to win this award. That's just the way that it looks right now, right? Um, you look at who can potentially go out there and, and do it again. Well, last year, last year, Giannis was the leader with LeBron uh, Giannis was plus 450, LeBron was plus 650, Embiid was 7-1. to one. Steph Curry was all the way down to 9-1, to one, but that's the fourth best odds, right? I mean, that's the fourth best odds. So you got to be careful even betting something like the MVP. You, you've got to be careful when you're doing things like this. So you go out there and, and, you know, you try to get the best assessment that you can. If you're getting the best assessment that you can, right? And, I mean, that's that's what we're looking at. You can't look at the real MVP where right now uh, DraftKings uh, and FanDuel both have Jokic about minus 170, 175. Uh, points bet has about 190 or so. The Joker's leading the way. Next up would be Joel Embiid getting uh, about three and a half to four back on your money. Then you have Giannis and Luka and Tatum. That doesn't give you a real attribute of what the NBA all-star MVP is going to be. So you don't really have a basis for this. You don't have a set statistical number for this. Um, maybe you look at a guy like Tatum and say his play can can really elevate and he can wow people. Maybe you're somebody that likes a guy like Ja Morant who you feel like, you know what, he's going to be the next guy up. Him and Tatum are the next guys up. Maybe they want to pass the torch here, sure. But Giannis won it two years ago. And Giannis has got to always be in play. Luka's a guy that might be the best player on the planet. He's got to be in play. What about the sentimental vote with LeBron? What, yo, what about Kyrie? It, it, wouldn't it be crazy if Kyrie won? I mean, sure, you have all this going through. So I would say this. If you're an inexperienced sports better, I wouldn't touch this game. If you're an experienced sports better, I'm telling you not to touch it. But if you are an experienced sports better, you got a half hour. Try to find matchup nightmare problems. Try to find a guy that, like, like a Steph Curry, that could just get red hot. Try to find a position on the field, uh, on the court, that you think will just be an advantage situation. That's the only way that you could bet this. It really is. And I don't advocate betting on the dunk contest, the three-point contest, or the futures. None of that. Take it easy this weekend. Lots of college basketball, lots of NHL. Maybe focus there. All right, guys, let's go bet to the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet to the future. Okay, guys, let's go bet to the future. And we have a little golf on our minds for the Genesis Invitational this weekend. And we have Tiger Woods' futures on the line. How about to win the tournament? Plus 125 with two zeros behind it. Yeah, massive number. If you are a Tiger believer, ridiculous, ridiculous odds to win the entire thing. To make the cut, you're getting plus money. Nobody believes in Tiger. To make the cut, you're plus 160. A top five finish gets you 22 to 1. A top 10 finish gets you 11 to 1. Top 40 finish, plus 150. And that is bet to the future. Yo, golf is a great way to make money for those that are in the know here, right? I mean, it really is. When you look at golf, um, everybody, you know, we just talked about futures plays. Everyone's looking for that big, knock-it-out-of-the-park future play in all sports. You're Everybody is always looking for it, and this is why parlays are so popular. And, um, you know, I talked about it in my other show, where parlays are, are now the new thing, okay? Everybody's on a parlay because... Why? Well, sports books have taken a concentrated effort to turn around and take some dude's like $1 parlay bet and show that he won $100,000. 
So more often than not, people are doing a million parlays. I'm standing in a casino, and I'm talking to guys, and you think that they're in a sports book that they should know better. And I'm talking to them about uh, you know the Super Bowl props and, and championship props and, and, and games. And, and they're like, oh, well, I like four props, so I put them in the parlay. The parlays are crazy right now. But my reasoning for bringing that up is because, look, you get great odds. And everybody wants to spend a little and win a lot. Sports betting as a business, as an industry, and being a professional sports better is a daily grind. You are not looking to turn around and become a millionaire this week, okay? You're not looking for that $5 bet to win you, you know, $200,000. You're not looking for that because... It really is just like playing the lotto. What you want to do is you want to find advantages. Find the advantage. I won more money this weekend on Nick Bolton not getting 10 and a half sacks than most people did on what their parlays would have paid out. Why? Because I was really convinced that it would come in, and it did. I was 100% convinced that the market was wrong, and it was. Well, you can find those, but it's not going to be the big payout. You know, if you if you're betting thousand dollars on Nick Bolton to get under eight, uh, you know, ten and a half uh, sacks, and he winds up with uh, ten and a half tackles, I should say, and he winds up with eight, you're only winning nine hundred dollars and change. Okay, so I'm not going to be able to win that that giant win. But you keep bringing it along, and you get a thousand here, a thousand there, and and that's how this business is built. But with golf, it's a little bit different, and people that are in the know in golf and the the most popular. Golf betters out there will tell you, you can do really well in golf because there are misguided fortunes out there. And I'm not telling you to take Tiger Woods to win the tournament, okay, which will pay ridiculous odds. And guess what? People are going to spend on Tiger Woods to to win this tournament. They're going to do it. People are going to go out there and spend money on Tiger Woods to go win this tournament. Why? Because it's a fun bet, and it can make you uh, rich overnight kind of thing. That's what people are going to go out there and do. And while, look, oh my goodness, are we talking about plus $12,500? Oh, wow. I mean, that is a, it's, it's pretty incredible, guys. I, You know, that that's your great return. Go, go find me two golf analysts that think he's, he's going to win. It's not going to happen. But that doesn't mean that I can't find some kind of avenue to say, yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe I can. Maybe I can make some money here. Maybe maybe I could make a little bit of money on Tiger Woods this weekend. If you like Tiger Woods, sure, you can make some money, and let me explain why. Sure, to win the tournament is a big payoff, and it's alluring. And in a big, big payoff, you're going to get people that drooling at the big payoff and what could be. Oh, boy, it's always what could be. What can happen? Never thinking the other side of this. What happens if you lose? Well, you lose that bet. So that, yeah, you know what? You're not going near. And you're not really going near a top five finish either. Because if you're going to go top five at 22 to one, you may as well just go to the tournament at that point. I mean, if you're going at 22 to 1, take the plus 12,500. And just, I mean, if you're that crazy to think, then, then just go, go fully for it. Now, a top 10 finish is a little intriguing at 11 to 1. But 11 to 1 odds isn't getting me crazy. And again, I think that if Tiger is getting inside the top 10, then I kind of want the odds inside, which are double, inside the top 5. And if I want the odds inside the top 5, I may as well take the, the winner. That's how the mentality of a golf better is going to go. And maybe you sprinkle it. You think Tiger's going to do well. Hey, you sprinkle a little bit to win. You sprinkle a little bit top five. You sprinkle a little bit top ten. But here's where it's interesting. Top 40 finish. And I just read this to you. A top 40 finish for Tiger. And you don't only see this, by the way. I'm going to cut myself off here for a moment. Give me one second. You don't only see this with Tiger Woods. I'm using Tiger Woods as an example because we just use this for a bet to the future. I, I, that's the only reason I'm using Tiger Woods as an example here because we use this as, as, as the bet to the future. But you can find this all over the place. In golf odds, you can always find advantages. And here's the advantage. Top 40 finish for Tiger Woods is plus 150. To make the cut is plus 160. Why? Right? I mean, I mean, why? Why would you not just take him to make the cut at plus 160 when he makes the cut 
you can go take your winnings, go back in, and try to predict his finish. You could do basically in-game betting. Yeah. They actually have boosted odds. And here's, again, a really good lesson in shopping around. Depending on where you're looking, you can shop around and get boosted odds 2 to 1 to make the cut. Well, if you're getting 2 to 1 value on making the cut, why would you take any of any money on him to let's just say finish in the top 10? Go out there. Let him make the cut and then bet back into it. Let him make the cut, take your winnings and then bet back into it and use it as almost in-game betting. That's how you beat the market, guys. And when you're betting on golf, and I know I mentioned at the top, betting the NFL, uh, betting uh, you know Major League Baseball, and then the NHL, which we'll get into college basketball heavily in the next couple of weeks, uh, getting into NBA. I, I've talked about betting at all. But at the end of the day, betting on golf gives you great odds, but it also gives you great opportunity to take a better odds, a better shot, and then bet back into it. Right? You can take a shot. Okay, he makes the cut. Well, now we go into Saturday and, oh, hold on a second. He made the cut. Now I can re-bet and I'm betting with one money. That's how you can beat golf. That's why people that bet golf do get these tremendous odds, do find their areas. And I'm trying to give you guys the same tools to do exactly the same. So that's going to do it for me, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the football season on this show like we do every year, and we've been doing it now for four years. We are transitioning away from the NFL. We'll get back into it during the NFL draft, right? We'll have some prop plays during the draft, and of course, I will sprinkle in NFL news, new coaching hires, anything that moves the market, if Aaron Rodgers moves somewhere, if Derek Carr moves somewhere. But as we move on, we're going to start to concentrate more on the NBA, NHL, a lot of college basketball, and even Major League Baseball as the weeks move on. You do know that college basketball provides a lot of opportunity, and you're going to be able to get a lot of that opportunity. But don't overlook all these other sports, including golf, which we just talked about. Plenty of things to make money on, so make sure you guys keep on listening. I'm Tom Barton for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARTEN. That's 1-855-442-7386. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden. That's G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.